Howdy, howdy. This is Lily from Makecraft Game, and you're listening to Reading Rulebooks. Today, we are going to read the rulebook for Vast the Mysterious Manor. So let's get started. Golden Rules. This chapter will help you understand some foundational assumptions of this rulebook. If this is your first time reading this rulebook, you don't need to read this section yet. If you're having trouble interpreting the rules, though, return here as you wish. Public Information. All components are public information except these. Cards in players' hands, which are visible only to that player. Cards in decks or the lit side of dark tiles. Rules for components. All components are limited by their included quantities. If you run out of any component during play, do not use proxy components. Hand sizes are unlimited unless otherwise noted. A dial or tracking cube, such as health or seals, cannot be moved outside of its boundaries. If you ever need to draw from an empty deck, shuffle its discard pile into a new deck and continue drawing. If its discard pile is empty, you cannot draw these cards. Reading these rules. Here are some principles for interpreting the rules. Question one, I'd like to do something, but the relevant rules don't say that I can't do it. Can I do it? Answer, within the confines of those rules, yes. Question two, can another player not consent to a particular action? Answer, nothing in Vast requires consent. Just do the thing. Question three, it seems like something should happen, but the rule doesn't tell me to do that thing. What do I do? Answer, it doesn't happen. Follow the word of the rules, not your instinct. Question four, a rule uses a specific term or action. Does this also include a closely related term or action? Answer, nope. Assume we mean only the stated term and not any other related terms, no matter how closely related. Question five, why is some text italicized? Answer, italicized text is a reminder for another rule. It does not supersede the original non-italicized rule. Glossary, adjacent, each space touching the edge of a given space. Diagonal spaces are not adjacent. Crypt, a square space on the map without a tile. Empty, contains no pieces. Enemy, a piece that is not your own. Figure, a cardboard standee or plastic miniature. Gain, increase the prompted dial or track or place the prompted piece in the prompted box on your board. Grounds, a rectangular space around the outside of the map bounded by hedges adjacent to multiple crypts. Map, the shared board on which pieces are placed and move around. Marker, a cardboard piece that is not a figure, tile, or token. Lose, decrease the prompted dial or track or remove the prompted piece from the prompted box on your board. Open edge, a tile edge not showing a printed wall and not touching an adjacent tile edge showing a printed wall. Piece, any game component. Place, take the prompted piece from the owner's supply and add it to the prompted space. Remove. Return the prompted piece to the owner's supply. Return to the box. Eliminate the piece from play for the remainder of the game. Space, any bounded shape on the map, whether or not it contains a tile. Spend, decrease the prompted dial or track or return the prompted piece to your supply. Surrounding, each space touching the edge or corner of a given space. Diagonal spaces are surrounding. Tile, a square cardboard piece equal in size to a crypt. Token, a round cardboard piece. Wall, a tile edge showing a printed wall or touching an adjacent tile edge showing a printed wall. Rules disagreements. If a card contradicts any other rule, follow the card. If a variant contradicts a core rule, follow the variant. If a role contradicts a core rule, follow the role. If a role does not contradict a core rule and you can follow both the core rule and the role, you must follow both. If you cannot follow both, follow the role. If you still have questions, check out the Leader Game website for clarifications and errata at www.leadergames.com. Components. Note, every figure except for the pillar of light and eggs include both a standee and a miniature. You may play with either. Additional miniatures are included in the expansion, Vast the Haunted Hallways. Paladin. One paladin figure, one pillar of light standee, one board, and one grit dial. Seven treasure cards, nine favor cards, eight light tokens, 
five fury tokens, seven hero cubes, and one health cube. Skeletons, five skeleton figures, one board, and one stability dial, five skeleton cards, 15 gear cards, two cackling skulls tokens, one spawn die, and four pit markers. Spider, five spiderling figures, one giant spider figure, one sorcerer figure, and three egg standees. Three boards and one terror dial, 12 power cards, 15 blood tokens, and 10 web tokens. Manor, one wraith figure, one board, 13 ritual cards, six portent cubes, three omen cubes, and one seal cube. Warlock, one warlock figure, one board, 10 spell cards, 20 curse markers, five magic cubes, and one spells cubes. Each roll also has a setup sheet. Shared components, nine poltergeist figures, eight breach markers, six force wall markers, 10 treasure markers. Tiles, one entrance tile, one starting pit tile, four armory tiles, nine poltergeist tiles, six treasure tiles, six shrine tiles, 12 blood tiles, and 12 pit tiles. Setup. One, place map and starting tiles. Place tiles on the map board as follows. Place the starting pit tile, marked S, face up on the center space. Place the four armory tiles, cross swords, face down on the four matching spaces. Place the entrance tile, marked E, face up on the space above the staircase at the bottom, with the wall facing the center space. Collect the other 45 tiles, shuffle them face down into a stack, and place six face down tiles along the open edges of the starting face up tiles. Two, collect supplies. Collect supplies of the poltergeist figures and treasure, breach, and force wall markers near the map. Three, set up the player roles. Each player chooses a role and follows the instructions described on its setup sheet. For fewer than five players, check out player counts and role mixes for more instructions. How to play. Vast is an asymmetric game, so each role plays and wins in a very different way. We will describe these differences fully in each role's chapter later. For now, know this. The paladin wants to kill the spider. The skeletons want to kill the paladin. The spider wants to gain 12 terror and then escape the manor. The manor wants to complete 14 seals, and the warlock wants to dominate 5 pieces. The paladin takes the first turn, then the skeletons, then the spider, then the manor, and finally the warlock. Play continues until a player wins. The map. The map of the manor is a grid of spaces called crypts, surrounded by the grounds separated by hedges. Throughout the game, crypts will be filled with tiles. The grounds cannot hold tiles. Moving around the map. Each roll can move around the map in various ways. Each time you move, pick up your figure and place it on an adjacent tile. Diagonals are not adjacent. You cannot cross walls or enter crypts or the grounds. Tokens. Each time you enter a tile with any enemy tokens, remove one of each enemy token there. Revealing the map. At the start of the game, most of the tiles are on their dark side. Rolls can reveal dark tiles to flip them to their lit side as follows. 1. Flip and orient the tile. You may rotate it as you choose, but at least one open edge, edge without a wall, must touch an open edge of an adjacent tile if possible. Fill crypts on open edges. Take dark tiles from their stack and place one dark tile in each crypt touching an open edge of the revealed tile. 3. Resolve the tile. Each tile does something different. Blood tiles place a blood token on the tile. Treasure tiles place a treasure marker on the tile. Poltergeist tiles place a poltergeist figure on the tile. Pit tiles have no immediate effect, but later skeletons can move there easily. Armory tiles have no immediate effect, but later skeletons can collect gear cards there. Shrine tiles have no immediate effect. Later, the paladin can gain fury, light, or favor cards there. Attacking enemies. You can attack enemy figures. When you enter a tile with an enemy figure, you must attack it. You have to fight your way in. When you attack, check whether your strength is greater than the enemy's defense. If it is, you hit. Remove the enemy figure from the map. Sometimes a hit causes more effects. If it is not, you miss. Do not remove the enemy figure. 
If you are forced to attack by moving into the tile, you must retreat. Take your figure and place it in the tile it came from. Each roll lists its own strength and defense. Poltergeist have no strength and one defense. When can I? You may have noticed that there are critical actions which are move, attack, and reveal. These are key actions that each role takes in a different way. You'll find an exhaustive reference of these key actions at the back of this rulebook. You don't need to read it now. A few more concepts. Distances. Always count distances between spaces across edges, not diagonally. Visibility. Sometimes you need to see something in order to affect it. In other words, it needs to be visible. A piece is visible to you if you can trace a straight line, not diagonal, from your figure to the target piece. You cannot trace a line through a wall, a crypt, or a dark tile, but you can trace out of a dark tile holding your figure, and you can trace into a dark tile holding the target piece. Breaches and force walls. Throughout play, various roles can place breach and force wall markers. A breach over a wall acts as an open edge. A force wall over an open edge acts as a wall. The outer wall touching the grounds cannot be breached. If an edge has both a force wall and breach, remove both. Whenever a tile is rotated, moved, or flipped to its dark side, remove all breaches and force walls on that tile. The Paladin. You win if you kill the spider by returning her five spiderlings to the box. Traits. Formidable. Your figure is not removed when hit. Each time you are hit by a skeleton, you lose one health. Strength and Defense. You start with zero strength and defense. You can increase them by taking the prepare action and by spending fury. Walking through the action board. 1. Collect hero cubes. Take all the hero cubes off your board and place them onto your unassigned hero cubes box on your board. 2. Take actions. Prepare. Gain one strength and one defense. You can take this action at any time, even during a crusade or sprint. Sprint. Move up to two spaces. You can only enter lit tiles with no figures that force attacks. Crusade. Resolve as described below. You may end this phase after completing any actions. Crusade. Move zero or one spaces, then do this. One, reveal dark tile. Two, attack figures. Three, use shrine. Four, collect treasures. More on revealing dark tiles. If you are on a dark tile, reveal it. You gain two grit. An open edge of the revealed tile must touch the tile from which you moved. More on attacking figures. You can attack figures on your tile. You must attack figures that force attacks before ones that do not. When attacking skeletons, their undead trait triggers. When attacking the spider, her shapeshifter trait triggers. When attacking an egg, remove all blood tokens from the tile, gain 5 grit. When attacking the poltergeist, gain 3 grit. You gain one light each time you hit an enemy figure. More on using shrines. While on a shrine, you may gain one fury or one light. Or you may discard a favor card to draw three favor cards. Keep one and discard two. You cannot discard vigor or illuminate. You can use a shrine multiple times in a game. More on collecting treasures. Remove all treasure markers on your tile one at a time. For each, the manor draws two cards, gives you one, and discards the other. If there is no manor player, draw a treasure card. You may keep the treasure card in your hand, or you may return it to the box to gain five grit. Likewise, if the manor cannot give you a card because the treasure deck is empty, you gain five grit. Three, gain fury. You gain one fury if you did not hit the spider during this turn. Other rules. Grit is the experience the paladin gains as he explores the manor. As you gain and lose grit, track it on your grit dial. If your grit reaches 7, 18, 32, or 41, immediately take a hero cube from your supply and place it on your unassigned hero cubes box. You can place this cube during the same turn in which you acquire it. If your grit reaches 13 or 25, immediately draw three favor cards, pick one to keep in your hand, and discard the other two. If your grit falls below 7, 18, 32, or 41, immediately remove a hero cube from your board and return it to your supply. If your grit falls below 13 or 25, immediately discard a favor card, but not vigor or illuminate. Fury and Light Your fury and light tokens represent your devotion to your god. Track your fury and light by placing fury and light tokens on their matching spaces. 
You can have up to 5 Fury and 8 Light at any time. Favor and Treasure At any time during your Take Actions phase, you can play a Treasure or Favor card from your hand. Played Treasure and Favor cards give you persistent effects, and you can spend Fury and Light to use the effects on your Favor cards at any time, even during an action, during your Take Actions phase. Lamps Your Illuminate Favor card lets you spend Light to place Lamp Tokens. The Backside of Light Tokens when a skeleton enters a tile with a lamp, the skeleton stops moving. Most of the examples in this rulebook are organized into two example rounds, which can be found throughout. You might find it helpful to set up the game and follow along with the turn examples as you read the rules. Example turn one. The paladin starts with three hero cubes in his unassigned hero cubes box. He can use these cubes to take actions, and he has three actions he can take, prepare, sprint, and crusade. First, he decides to crusade. He places a hero cube on its box and crusades into the dark tile to his left, moving his figure in. Crusade prompts him to reveal the tile, so he flips it over to its lit side. Key concept. You can rotate a tile once you flip it to its lit side, but lit tiles must always connect to at least one other lit tile edge without a wall. As the paladin, he must connect an edge without a wall to the tile he came from, so that leaves only one open edge to the left. He fills that open edge with a tile, dark side up, from the stack. Key concept, open edges of lit tiles must be filled with dark tiles at all times. The paladin gains 2 grit each time he reveals a tile, so he increases his grit dial to 2. This tile is a poltergeist tile, rug, so the manor places a poltergeist on it. Now the crusade prompts the paladin to attack the poltergeist. Key concept, you can attack enemy figures to remove them from the map, and you must attack a figure if you enter its tile. To hit, your strength must be greater than the defender's defense. The poltergeist has one defense, so the paladin needs two strength. To get this, he places two hero cubes on prepare. You can use prepare at any time on your turn to gain strength. The hit removes the poltergeist, which returns the poltergeist to the manor supply. The paladin gains three grit for this attack. The paladin gains one light each time he hits a figure, so he takes a light token and places it in his light box. He's got no more hero cubes, so there's not much left he can do. He ends his turn and gains one fury token because he didn't attack the spider this turn. The Skeletons You win if you kill the paladin by reducing his health to zero. Traits Distracting Each time a skeleton attacks, it gains one strength per space with a skeleton or cackling skulls token adjacent to the defender for that attack. Groundskeepers Skeletons can enter the grounds, rectangular spaces around the map edge, and crypts, square spaces without tiles. Undead. Each time a skeleton is removed, immediately roll the spawn die and place that skeleton on the matching spawn, numbered grounds. Move its card to the first space of the march order and push cards right to fill the gap. Weak bones. Each time a skeleton attacks, remove it after attacking whether it hits or misses. Strength and defense. Each skeleton has one strength. Remember your distracting trait. Each skeleton has one defense, plus one defense per other skeleton on its tile. Walking through your player board. 1. Lose stability. Lose one stability per skeleton on a lit tile that is not on a pit. 2. Activate skeletons. Activate each skeleton on the map one at a time, from left to right in the march order. When you activate a skeleton, it can move up to five spaces, then it can take one action. If a skeleton enters a tile with a lamp or web, the skeleton ends its movement. Remember to space one of each enemy tokens in the space. Actions. Strike. Spend one stability to attack an enemy figure on your tile. Remember your distracting and weak bones traits. If you cannot spend stability, you do not attack and you return to your original space. When attacking the paladin, his formidable trait triggers. When attacking the spider, her shapeshifter trait triggers. Loot. Once per turn, remove a treasure marker from your tile to gain 2 stability. Breach. Spend 1 stability to place a breach marker on a wall on your tile, including a wall printed on an adjacent tile touching your tile. Tunnel. While on a pit, place the skeleton on any pit with no enemy figures. Arm. While on an armory tile, lit or dark, draw a gear card. 3. Summon Skeleton. Once per turn, you may spend 3 stability to flip up the leftmost face-down skeleton card in the march order, roll the spawn die, and place the matching skeleton on the matching spawn. 4. Gain stability. Gain 2 stability. 
Other rules. Abilities. Each skeleton has a unique ability, which it can use during its activation each turn, even between spaces of movement. Casty. You may spend one stability to place a Cackling Skulls token on an adjacent space. Cackling Skulls distract enemy figures in adjacent tiles. If both Cackling Skulls are placed, Casty cannot use this ability. Screamy. Once per turn, you may spend one stability to target a skeleton within two spaces of Screamy and move it up to five spaces. You cannot move the skeleton into a tile with an enemy figure that forces attacks. Shooty. When she takes the strike action, you may spend one stability to have her attack target a visible figure exactly two spaces away, instead of on her tile. This attack does not remove Shooty. Slashy. You may spend one stability to increase Slashy's strength to two for this turn. Her defense remains one. Stabby. You may spend one stability when Stabby hits the Paladin. The Paladin loses four grit. Gear. At any time during your turn, you can play gear cards from your hand in front of their listed skeleton. Played gear cards give the listed skeleton another ability, which can be used during the same turn. Stability costs on gear add to the stability costs of any associated actions. Pit markers. Some skeletons can place pit markers. A tile with a pit marker on it is considered a pit tile, even while the tile is dark. Pit markers cannot be removed. Example turn one. Both skeletons are pretty far from the paladin, and the paladin is buffed up to two defense this turn from his prepare action. So the skeletons decide not to attack him this turn. Each skeleton has five spaces of movement. Just like the paladin, they can't move through walls, but they have the groundskeeper trait, so they can enter the grounds, spaces around the border of the map, and crypts, spaces on the central grid without tiles. Key concept. Each role in Vast has their own traits, which break some of the core rules of the game. These are listed in your player aid. Shooty is first in the march order, so she moves around the grounds to get to the armory close to the number 6 spawn, and then uses arm to draw a gear card, the Great Axe. Slashy is second in march order. She moves to the nearby armory and uses arm to draw another gear card, the Bomb Bag. Key concept. Cards in players' hands remain secret until they are played. Right now, the only public cards are the Paladin's Illuminate and Vigor favor cards. The skeletons have finished activating, so they move on to the next phase. At this point, they can summon a new skeleton. However, this costs 3 stability, and they only have 2 stability, so they can't summon a new friend. Their turn comes to a close, and they gain 2 stability, bringing it up to 4. The Spider You win if you gain 12 terror, then escape by moving out from the entrance tile. Traits Agile you always hit on attacks and cannot be forced to attack. Crawly. Your giant spider can cross one wall per turn and your spiderlings can cross any number of walls. Shapeshifter. When a spiderling is hit, return it to the box. When the sorcerer or giant spider is hit, return a spiderling to the box. Place a spiderling on a tile adjacent to your old figure. Then place each remaining one on a tile adjacent to the previous spiderling placed. Tiny. Your spiderlings and eggs do not force attacks. Your giant spider and sorcerer still do. Strength and defense. All your forms have no strength and two defense. Your defense increases as your terror increases. An egg has no strength and one defense, plus one defense per blood token on its tile. Walking through your player board. 1. Choose form. Ignore this step on the first turn. Choose the giant spider, sorcerer, or spiderlings board to flip face up and flip the other two face down. Place your new figure on the tile with your old figure, then remove your old figure. For spiderling form, place all of the spiderling figures in the same tile as the old figure, or place the new figure in any tile with a spiderling. 2. Gain Terror You may take the feed and scare actions each once per turn. Feed, spend 3 blood to gain 1 terror. Scare, if the map has at least six webs, discard one power card to gain one terror. Three, move and cast spells. You may move and cast spells in any order. Each form moves and casts differently. Sorcerer or giant spider, you may cast spells at any time in this phase. Spiderlings, you must finish moving one spiderling before moving another, and you can only cast spells before and after moving a given spiderling. Moving. Sorcerer. Move up to two spaces. You cannot cross walls. 
Giant spider, move up to three spaces. You may cross one wall per turn. Spiderlings, move up to four spaces. You may cross walls. Casting power cards. You can play a power card from your hand to use its effect, then discard it. Eyes, reveal a tile. If you reveal a blood tile, gain one blood. Fangs, attack to gain one blood. Webs, place a web token on a tile. A tile can hold up to three webs. Your form changes which tiles each of your played power cards affect. Sorcerer, one visible tile. Giant spider, any adjacent tiles, twice in total. Spiderlings, each tile with any spiderlings in any order. Your form also lets you play power cards as a different card. Sorcerer, any cards count as eyes. Giant spider, any cards count as fangs. Spiderlings, any cards count as webs. Other spells. Veil, sorcerer, discard one power card to flip an emptied visible lit tile to its dark side. The center of the target tile must be visible. Tend, sorcerer, spend one blood to place one blood token on each tile with an egg. Lay egg, giant spider, discard two power cards to place an egg on your tile or an adjacent visible tile. If you already placed an egg in this turn, discard one card instead. You cannot place three eggs in the same turn. Legs, all, discard one power card to move your figure one space. If you are in spiderling form, move each spiderling one space instead. Loot, spiderlings, discard one power card to remove all treasure markers from all tiles with any spiderlings. Gain one terror if you removed two, gain two terror if you remove three or four, gain three terror if you remove five or more. Four, redraw hand. Discard all power cards left in your hand and then draw power cards equal in number to your spirit. Your spirit increases with your terror. Other rules. Webs. Each time an enemy figure enters a tile with any webs, it ends its move. Eggs. When a tile with an egg has any combination of six web or blood tokens, gain two terror and remove the egg and all the blood tokens on its tile. Do not remove webs. Eggs cannot move. Blood. Whenever your sorcerer, giant spider, or spiderling figure is on a tile with a blood token, you may remove it to gain one blood. Example turn one. Her starting hand is one webs card, one eyes card, and one fangs card. It's her first turn, so she must stay in giant spider form. The spider has three forms, the giant spider, the sorcerer, and the spiderlings. These forms allow her to cast different spells, change how she moves, and affects where and how she can play cards. Because she's in giant spiderling form, she can play any of her webs and eyes cards as if they were fangs cards, which let her attack figures to gain blood. However, there aren't many figures around her to attack, so she decides to reveal the tiles around her first. She plays an eyes card. As the giant spider, she can use this card's effect twice in total on any adjacent tiles. First, she reveals a tile above her. It's a blood tile. A blood token is placed on it. Also, because she revealed a blood tile with eyes, she gets one blood immediately. Second, she reveals the tile to her right. It's a treasure tile, so a treasure marker is placed on it. Flipping up a blood tile was lucky, so she decides to take advantage of it. She discards her other two cards to use her lay egg spell on the blood tile, placing the egg with the blood there. This blood boosts the egg's defense from one to two. Then she moves to the egg. She's got no cards left in her hand at the end of her turn, so no discarding is needed. Her spirit is three, so she draws her hand up to three power cards. The Manor. You win if you complete 14 seals by playing ritual cards. Traits. The avatar of the manor on the physical plane is the wraith. Ethereal. Your wraith can cross walls, cannot attack or be attacked, ignores the effects of enemy tokens, and does not remove enemy tokens when entering their space. Spooky. Each time you reveal a poltergeist tile, you may place the poltergeist on any empty lit tile. Strength and defense. Your wraith has no strength or defense. Walking through your player board. 1. Assign omens. Take any number of cubes from the unassigned omens box on your board and place them on empty spaces of the tracks on your board. Fill a given track from left to right. 2. Use powers. You may use each of your powers from top to bottom as follows. To use a power, its track must have at least one cube. Reveal tiles. Reveal any dark tile on the map. The number of dark tiles you can reveal is shown by the combined filled spaces of the revealed tiles track. Shift one tile. Choose any tile and either shift it or rotate it. Remove any breaches or force walls on the shifted tile. 
If you shift it, you must place it on a crypt touching at least one other tile. Any pieces on the shifted tile move with it. Orient the shifted tile as if you were revealing it. The maximum distance you can shift the tile is shown by the combined filled spaces on the shift one tile track. If shift leaves any open edges, fill them with dark tiles. If the map has no crypts, you can use shift as if it were swap. Swap two tiles. Choose two tiles and either swap them or rotate them. Remove any breaches or force walls on the swapped tiles. Any pieces on the swap tiles move with the tile. Orient the swap tiles as if you were revealing them. The maximum distance between the swap tiles is shown by the combined filled spaces on the swap two tiles track. If swap leaves any open edges, fill them with dark tiles. Place walls. Place a force wall marker on the shared edges of any two adjacent tiles, lit, dark, or both, without a wall. The maximum number of force walls you can place is shown by the combined filled spaces on the placed walls track. Move wraith. Move the wraith. The maximum number of spaces you can move it is shown on the combined filled spaces of the move wraith track. 2. Perform a ritual. You can play one ritual card from your hand. To play one, you must trace a path from the tile of your wraith to the end tile shown on the card. You can only trace from, through, and into lit tiles with no figures. You cannot cross walls. If you trace the complete path, you complete the ritual. Gain seals as listed on the card, pick up the wraith, and place it on the end tile shown on the card. Then, place a poltergeist on the tile shown on the card. Portents. Ritual cards with one seal show icons representing portents. When you complete a ritual with a portent, place a portent cube in the leftmost box of the matching track. A portent cube placed on a track is treated as a placed omen cube that is never removed. A portent cube placed on the draw card track shifts its cubes right and will take effect during the same turn. 3. Place treasure, then draw rituals. Place treasure markers on empty dark tiles and then draw ritual cards. If you have more than 5 ritual cards after drawing, Discard ritual cards of your choice until you have five cards. The number of ritual cards drawn and tokens placed are shown by the combined filled spaces of the placed treasures, then draw rituals track. 4. Return omens. Return all omen cubes on your board to your unassigned omens box. Example turn 1. Though the manor is a genderless and perhaps eldritch spirit, we describe it using a singular they, since presumably an actual person is playing it. At the start of their first turn, the manor must place their wraith figure on any tile without figures, so the wraith starts on the entrance tile. Usually, you will want to start in a lit tile, but you don't have to. The manor has six powers on their board. Reveal, shift, swap, place walls, move wraith, and draw cards. To use a power, they must assign at least one omen cube to its track. The manor will use their power to rearrange the map and move their wraith so they can be in the right position to complete a ritual later in the turn. They choose to assign three cubes to the reveal tiles track and reveal the tile to their right and then the two above it. They reveal a four-way shrine, a pentagram poltergeist, and a four-way blood. Lots of room here. Each tile has four open edges, so their facing doesn't matter. First is a shrine, which doesn't do anything right now, but the paladin can use it later. Second is a poltergeist tile. Because the manor is spooky, they can place the poltergeist anywhere they want. They don't want the poltergeist blocking the ritual later, so they place it on the central pit. Third is a blood tile, so a blood token is placed on it. The manor is done with their powers, so they move on to performing rituals. To complete the first seal ritual, they must trace a path from their wraith to the final tile shown on the card, and they cannot trace through walls or tiles with figures. The path is clear, so they move their wraith to the final space on the card and gain one seal, moving their seals cube up their seals track once. Finally, they place a poltergeist in the tile shown on the card, the shrine, and then discard their ritual card. This ritual shows a shift portent, so the manor takes a portent cube and chooses to place it on the shift one tile track. At the end of the turn, the manor must place a treasure marker on an empty dark tile, so they choose the armory near the number 4 and number 5 spawns. Finally, they return all of their omen cubes to their unassigned omens box. The Warlock. How to win. Fill your dominated pieces track with any combination of 5 poltergeists and treasures. Trait. Cryptwalker. You can enter crypts, square spaces without tiles. Ethereal. 
You can cross walls, cannot attack or be attacked, ignore the effects of enemy tokens, and do not remove enemy tokens when entering their space. Hexamancer. Each time a piece with any curse marker is removed, advance your spells track once. Skittish. Each time an enemy figure enters your space, immediately move to the nearest dark tile, crypt, or pit tile at least two spaces away and remove half of your curses, round down, and advance your spell track once. Strength and Defense. The Warlock has no strength or defense. Walking through your player board. 1. Curse and Dominate. Take curse markers from your curses and place them under any poltergeist and treasures in your network, spreading them as evenly as possible. Then, check for Domination. Domination. If a piece in your network has curse markers under it equal or greater to the value of an empty space of your dominated pieces track, you may remove that piece and its curse markers, and place that piece on any empty space of the track with a value equal to or less than the number of curse markers that were under the piece. When you place the dominated piece on the track, you immediately gain the effect listed on its space. If you gain a magic cube, place it on your unassigned magic cube's box. You can place this cube during the same turn. 2. Gain spells. For every three spells in your hand, play one and discard two. Played spell cards give you persistent effects and new actions that you can take. 3. Collect magic cubes. Collect all magic cubes from your board and place them on the unassigned magic cubes box on your board. 4. Take actions. You can take the following actions in any order and number. To take an action, place a magic cube in its box. Sneak. Move up to two spaces. You must end your move on a dark tile, pit tile, or crypt. Summon Poltergeist. Place a poltergeist on a surrounding lit tile with no figures. Conjure treasure. Place a treasure on a surrounding dark tile with no figures. Then take curse markers from your supply equal to the number of poltergeists in your network and place those curse markers under the treasure. Siphon. Gain one curse per figure except poltergeists surrounding you. Other rules. The spells track. Each time the spells track advances to a space with a spell symbol, draw three spell cards. Your spells track advances as described by your hexamancer and skittish traits. The Warlock's Network. A treasure or poltergeist is in your network if you can trace a path to it through any number of poltergeists or treasures surrounding you or surrounding other poltergeists or treasures in your network. Example Turn. For simplicity, the Warlock turn here does not follow the example turns of the other roles. Instead, here are some examples of how his actions work over a hypothetical turn starting with his action phase. First, the Warlock takes the sneak action. The Warlock is one of the most mobile roles in all of Vast. He can cross walls, can't be attacked, and ignores tokens. He can even walk in the crypts. However, he must end each sneak in a dark tile, pit tile, or crypt. All of his possible moves are marked with gray circles. He chooses to move to the top right dark tile. For his second action, the Warlock decides to siphon. There are three figures in surrounding spaces, but Siphon ignores poltergeists. He takes two curses, one from the skeleton and one from the paladin. For his last action, he chooses to summon a treasure. He can only summon the treasure in the empty dark tile to his upper left. His network contains two poltergeists, so two curse markers from his supply are placed under this treasure. His turn is now over. Before the Warlock's next turn, the Paladin decides to backtrack and destroy the Cursed Poltergeist in the tile below the Warlock. The Warlock then advances his spells track once and draws three spell cards. It is now the Warlock's next turn. First, he must spread his two curses as evenly as possible through any Poltergeists or treasures in his network. Currently, he is only connected to one treasure, so he puts both his curse markers under it. Now, he may dominate any cursed pieces with enough curses. He chooses to dominate his cursed treasure and place it on the middle space of his dominated pieces track. This unlocks his fourth magic cube. Finally, because he has spell cards in his hand, thanks to the paladin smashing the poltergeist beneath him after his previous turn, the warlock picks one spell from his hand and discards the other two. Like favors, spells provide persistent powers that the warlock can use for the rest of the game. Example round two. Paladin turn two. To start, the Paladin crusades into the tile to the left. He flips up a treasure tile, bed with three walls, lucky. He now has up to seven grit, so he takes a hero cube and adds it to his unassigned hero cube's box. Bonus action every turn. The treasure tile gets a treasure marker, which the Paladin collects. 
The warrior draws two treasure cards, chooses one to give to the paladin, and discards the other. The manor chooses. The paladin can keep this treasure card or return it to the box to gain 5 grit. This time, he refuses the treasure, bringing him up to 12 grit. Puzzle. He wants to go toward the adjacent armory, but there's a wall blocking him. Can you figure out how to get to the adjacent armory? To break through the wall, he spends one fury to place a breach marker. He then crusades in and flips over the armory, three-sided. He faces the wall towards the number one spawn to help block future skeleton spawns. Revealing this tile gets him to 14 grit. Because he has surpassed 13 grit, he draws three favor cards, chooses one, and discards the other two. You choose. He fills up the open edges. Finally, he continues to crusade up to the next tile. It's a pit, three walls. Uh-oh. Nothing happens, but the skeletons could pop up here later. At least the wall will protect him for now, he hopes. He goes to 16 grit. He wants some more insurance against Slashy coming in from the right, so he spends one light to illuminate, placing a lamp on the armory. He could have instead placed it on the dark tile above him to interfere with Shooty. Lamps stop skeleton movement in their tracks. He decides to buff up a little, placing a hero cube on to prepare to increase his strength and defense both to one. Then he finishes and gains one fury for not hitting the spider. The skeletons go next. Skeletons turn two. Not one skelly is on a lit tile, so they do not lose any stability. Great, now's the time to play some gear. They equipped the bomb bag on Shooty and the great axe on Slashy. Puzzle. Slashy can hit the paladin this turn if Shooty uses the bomb bag. Can you figure out how? First, Shooty moves across the map to the armory. The lamp stops her movement, but it doesn't matter because that's as far as she wants to go this turn. The lamp is then removed. Then, using her bomb bag, she bridges the top wall in the paladin's tile. Now, Slashy moves into the paladin's tile. He spends one stability to use his innate ability, boosting to two strength so he can hit the paladin. Normally, he would have to pay an extra stability to attack, but the great axe allows him to ignore this cost. The paladin's health decreases to six. Because the skeletons have weak bones, Slashy gets removed from the map. However, the skeletons are also undead, so Slashy immediately comes back to unlife. The skeletons roll the spawn die and place Slashy on the rolled spawn. This also shifts the skeleton's march order. The Slashy card moves to the first space, and Shooty moves to the second space. The Great Axe means that Slashy can strike without spending stability, so the skeleton's stability is still at three. They spend three stability to summon a new skeleton. They flip the third card face up, roll the spawn die, and place the matching skeleton on the rolled spawn. Their turn comes to an end, so they gain two stability. The spider goes next. Spider turn two. The spider has a hand of one fangs and two webs cards. Now that it's her second turn, she can pick any of her forms. Puzzle. You can gain six blood this turn. Can you figure out how? The spider adopts a risky strategy, deciding to engage the paladin head on. She will likely expose herself to a hit this turn, but will be in an excellent position during the following turn. She decides to remain as the giant spider, which means she can use all of her cards as fangs cards. She moves to the tile above the paladin and spends all three cards as fangs. She is agile, so her attacks always hit. And because the giant spider uses the effect of each power card twice, this is six attacks. The paladin is formidable, so he isn't removed, but the spider gains six blood, ending the turn with a total of seven blood. The manor goes next. The manor turn two. Because the shift track has a portent cube, the manor will be able to shift tiles two spaces away this turn, regardless of where they assign omen cubes to this turn. Puzzle. You can complete the ritual with two seals in your hand. Can you figure out how? To do this, the manor must place all three omen cubes on swap two tiles. When resolving their actions, first the manor shifts the shrine with the poltergeist two spaces to the right. A dark tile is placed to fill the hole. Then, using its powered-up swap, the manor swaps the empty treasure tile above the wraith with the newly placed dark tile. They complete this ritual, and then continue their turn. Difficulty variants. You can adjust the player roles to account for difference in age, experience, and skill. These adjustments assume a game with four or five players. Some difficulty variants may not be suitable for some games with lower player counts. 
Paladin, Squire, very easy. The spider gives you two spiderlings at the start of the game. Protector, easy. The spider gives you one spiderling at the start of the game. Justicar, hard. You cannot use shrines. Lord, very hard. You begin the game with only two hero cubes. Return one hero cube to the box. Skeletons, miscreant, very easy. The paladin starts with five health. Boss, easy. The paladin starts at six health. Master, hard. The paladin starts with the armor treasure. Warlord, very hard. The paladin starts with the armor treasure and the halo treasures. Spider, hatchling, very easy. You need eight terror to escape. Consumer, easy. You need 10 terror to escape. Matriarch, hard. You cannot use the legs spell. Demon queen, very hard. You must play the entire game as the giant spider. Manor, shack, very easy. You need 11 seals to win. Villa, easy. You need 13 seals to win. Keep, hard. Return all rituals worth three seals to the box. Castle, very hard. Return all rituals worth one seal to the box. Warlock, charlatan, very easy. You must only dominate four pieces to win. Controller, easy. Before your first turn, draw three spells. Beguiler, hard. Before your first turn, advance your spells track twice, but do not draw cards for this. Mindbender, very hard. You begin the game with only two magic cubes. Return one magic cube to the box. Player counts and roll mixes. In addition to the full five-player game, Vast the Mysterious Manor can be played with the roll mixes listed here. Mixes not listed on this page cannot be played. Some of these require slight changes to the rules or game setup as listed in the roll mixes. Mixes with an asterisk are suggested for new players. Four-player mixes. No warlock. Asterisk. No changes to the rules. No manor. Asterisk. The Warlock begins with the Expand spell. Three-player mixes. Paladin, Skeletons, and Spider. Asterisk. The Spider begins with the Warlock's Expand spell. Paladin, Spider, Manor. Asterisk. Return the following Paladin cards to the box. Armor, Treasure, Disdain, Favor, and Radiant Lamps, Favor. The Spider begins with two Terror, but still starts with three cards. The Manor begins with three Seals. Paladin, Spider, and Warlock, Asterisk. Return the following Paladin cards to the box. Armor, Treasure, Disdain, Favor, and Radiant Lamps, Favor. The Spider begins with two Terror, but will still start with three cards. The Warlock begins with the Siphon Specialized Spell and the Expand Spell. Skeletons, Spider, and Warlock. The Skeletons now win if they kill the Spider. The Spider begins with two Terror, but will still start with three cards. Spiderlings now force the skeletons to attack. The warlock begins with their expand and enclose spells. Return the following skeleton gear cards to the box. Shield, Slashy, Kukri, Stabby, Paldrons, Screamy, Poison, Stabby, and Iron Spike, Smashy. Smashy is an expansion skeleton. Skeletons, Spider, and Manor. The skeleton now win if they kill the spider. The spider begins with two terror, but still starts with three cards. The manor begins with three seals. Spiderlings now force the skeletons to attack. Return the following skeleton's gear card to the box. Shield, Slashy, Kukri, Stabby, Pauldrons, Screamy, Poison, Stabby, and Iron Spike, Smashy. Smashy is an expansion skeleton. Two-player mixes. Paladin and Spider, Asterix. Return the following paladin cards to the box. Armor, Treasure, and Radiant Lamps, Favor. The spider begins with two terror, and the Warlock's Expand spell. Skeletons and Spider, Asterix. The skeletons now win if they kill the spider. The spider begins with two terror, and the Warlock's Expand spell. Spiderlings now force the skeletons to attack. Key action reference. Move. Pick up your figure and place it on an adjacent space. You cannot enter crypts or cross walls. If you enter a tile with enemy tokens, remove one of each enemy token there. Crawly, Spider. Her giant spider once per turn and spiderlings can cross walls. Cryptwalker, Warlock. He can enter crypts. Ethereal, Manor and Warlock. They can cross walls and do not remove enemy tokens when entering their space. Groundskeeper, Skeletons. 
They can enter the grounds and crypts. Skittish, Warlock. If an enemy figure enters his space, he immediately moves to the nearest dark tile, pit, or crypts, removes half of his curses, rounded up, and advances his spells track once. Lamps. When a skeleton enters a tile with a lamp, it stops moving. Webs. When the paladin or a skeleton enters a tile with a web, he or it stops moving. Attack. You can attack enemy figures on your space. When you enter a space with an enemy figure, you must attack it. Agile, spider. She cannot be forced to attack. Ethereal, manor and warlock. They cannot attack or be attacked. Tiny, spider. Her spiderlings and eggs do not force attacks. Check whether your strength is greater than the enemy's defense. Distracting, skeletons. An attacking skeleton gains one strength per space with the skeleton or cackling skulls token adjacent to the defender for that attack. If the strength is greater, you hit, removing the defending figure from the map. If not, you miss. If you were forced to attack, pick up your figure and place it on its origin tile. Agile, spider. She always hits on attacks. Formidable, paladin. When hit, he is not removed. When hit by a skeleton, he loses one health. Weak bones, skeletons. A skeleton is removed after it attacks. Undead, skeletons. If a skeleton is removed, immediately roll the spawn die and place that skeleton on the matching spawn. Move its card to the first march order space and push cards right to fill the gap. Hexamancer, warlock. Advance his spells track once if a piece with any curse markers is removed. Reveal. 1. Flip and orient the tile. You may rotate it as you choose, but at least one open edge must touch an open edge of an adjacent tile if possible. 2. Fill crypts on open edges. Take dark tiles from their stack and place one dark tile in each crypt touching an open edge of the revealed tile. 3. Resolve the tile. If the revealed tile is a blood tile, place a blood token here. If the revealed tile is a treasure tile, place a treasure marker here. If the revealed tile is a poltergeist tile, place a poltergeist figure here. If the revealed tile is a pit tile, there is no immediate effect. Later skeletons can use tunnel to move here. If the revealed tile is an armory tile, there is no immediate effect. Later, skeletons can use arm to draw a gear card here. If the revealed tile is a shrine tile, there is no immediate effect. Later, the paladin can crusade here to gain one fury, one light, or a new favor card. Spooky, manner. When it reveals a poltergeist tile, it may place the poltergeist on any empty lit tile. Easy to forget defense values. The poltergeists have one defense. The eggs have one defense plus one defense per blood token on that tile. The skeletons have defense equal to the number of skeletons on that tile. And that is Vast the Mysterious Manor. I have not played this game enough to know if there's any clarifications that might be needed for each of the uh, factions, but this rulebook does a very good job of explaining each action and identifying where there are exceptions that need to be made. So if you have not yet checked out Vast, I would go to leadergames.com and see what they got there, and I will catch you next time on Reading Rulebooks.